Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Master Your Energy podcast. I'm your grateful host, Megan Wren, author, poet, and holistic lifestyle coach on a mission to empower change and transformation. Ooh. <laughs> Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Diane Spire, and Diane is a uh, psychotherapist and hypnotherapist that specializes in perinatal psychology, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, and um, helping with women recover from birth trauma. She is also the author of Life After Birth, A Parent's Holistic Guide for Thriving in the Fourth Trimester. And she draws on her 40 plus years experience and helping parents making a smooth transition into parenthood. So without further ado, here is Diane. <laughs> Diane, thank you so much for coming on the Master Energy podcast. Would you mind by starting to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. And I'm so glad that you invited me to be here with you and to really talk about energy because that's something that I'm really into these days because I'm actually in the process of becoming certified as an energy medicine practitioner. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, my background is multifaceted. Okay, so back in the 1970s, well, my, I started off with a degree in psychology, but in the 1970s, when I was having my own children, I became a certified childbirth educator and I started to run groups for new mothers and their babies. And then um, over a period of time, I started to run a mother and baby exercise class and I did that for 20 years. I also was a childbirth educator for 20 years. And um, then I came to live in the, the UK and I've been here for about 25, almost 25 years now. So um, that sort of became the foundation of a lot of the work that I do about the, for the book that I wrote um, and for the app that I created. But it was also, I continued with my education to get a master's in applied psychology. And then when I came to the UK, I got a PhD in women's studies. And I was studying my work as a birth professional. And that became the data for my research. So in in way in, in a funny kind of way over the years over the many years um some of the things that i do have started to just overlap and um so one of the areas that overlaps is as a psychotherapist i also specialize in perinatal psycho psychotherapy so it's related to the work that i do with birth and especially with the fourth trimester or the postpartum period so um, and then in, in the 80s, I was introduced to something called Blessing Way. And that was the first time I was exposed to Native American um, ritual and ceremony. And with that, I began to really explore that a lot more. I started to study um, the elements of uh, ceremonies and rituals and um, really, really increased my understanding and my knowledge base of, of really what are the significant aspects of ceremonies and why are ceremonies so important. So now you would find that, you know, I'm a celebrant, I'm a therapist, and I'm a birth professional. So that's all of the many things in which, you know, I have my fingers in the pot, so to speak. I can, um, I can relate. <laughs> 
Um, tell me how you got into the, it sounds like the, well, I know the, the postpartum and the birthing is a big part of what you do. How did you get into that specifically? Okay. So, uh, had children. (laughs) (laughs) And in 1976, I had my second child in a birth center and it was the very first birth center that opened up in the United States. And so I was, it was very avant-garde and people kept questioning, are you using a midwife? You're going to a birth center? Is it safe? All those kinds of questions is uh, to, you know, was I just had lost my mind that I wasn't going the traditional route of having a doctor in a hospital. I did that for my first and I decided, well, not for me. Um, And then I had, the birth educator that I had was Elizabeth Bing, who's written many, many books on um, childbirth and pregnancy. And she had told me about this birth center that was opening up and I went there. And the experience of that was very fulfilling in that, you know, they spent time with you. They answered your questions in detail. There was no rushing through the appointments. And I found that to be really uh, unbelievably wonderful. And after the, after I gave birth, it turns out that the woman who was my birth, uh, was my midwife, um, is British. <laughs> and so um, I, we went out for lunch and I was saying, you know, it seems like this, I seem to understand something about birth. I don't know why, I don't know where it comes from, but I seem to understand it. And she told me that there was a new organization called the Metropolitan New York Childbirth Education Association that was starting a teacher training. And I did that teacher training and um, met a lot of luminaries of those days. And then shortly after that, we moved to California. And that methodology was not known in California. So I then became a Bradley certified teacher for, and I did that for 10 years. And then um, decided that I was gonna pick and choose all of the things that I really appreciated from the various continuing education kinds of, of uh, workshops I attended. And I synthesized something that I called the birth empowerment, um, childbirth preparation and workshop. Wow. And the birth empowerment workshop was the first time that I took a real holistic stance to what happens in preparing for birth and for the time after that. And I felt like most birth preparation can only, they only have enough time to talk about maybe the physical and some of the mental aspects about having a baby, but never really address the emotional and the um, spiritual aspects of that. So that's what the weekend intensive was to really explore that with couples to learn um, how is this going to impact on me and how am I going to be able to expand on that and, and maybe contract on that. Um, so that was another uh, uh, experience that I, I pulled together and that I did for a number of years as well. Wow. That, that I Well, I don't have any kids, so I don't know, but it, I, it would make sense that modern day society would only kind of prep you for the what to expect, how to get your house ready, how to physically feel, but not dress the emotional and spiritual component because you are literally growing another human inside of you and so um, I always because I had these sort of mother and baby groups and then I had mother and baby exercise classes that emphasis on what happens after the birth yeah well it's just it's just a foundation upon which a lot of a lot of the work that I've done has grown and uh, I really do 
because I researched it and I worked with mums and babies and I actually continued doing that in England for the first couple of years that I was here before I sort of stopped. Um, and I just found that what happens a lot of the time is there's all this emphasis on preparing for birth. There's all this emphasis on having a healthy pregnancy. And then there's all of these books about parenting. And yet what happens after the baby is born is just skipped over. There's very little information about that. And when my daughter had my first grandson and she grew up with me doing all this postpartum work, she said, well, where are all the books on the postpartum? And I said, they not too many written over the years. Yeah. And at that point it was like 30, 30 years since you know I got into the birth field and maybe a handful of books have been written. She said, well, it's time for you to write that book. And the book is over there. <laughs> when, did you, um, when did you publish the book? I published the book in 2019. Okay. And then just in two, last year in 2022, we did a, a relaunch to, to bring, it, bring it more to awareness of people because there really wasn't a launch at that time. There was, you know, just appeared on Amazon one day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My publisher is a sort of niche publisher for women's health, and they don't really get involved too much in the promotion and marketing side of things. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we decided to sort of, because I think it's something that everybody really needs to understand. Yeah. They need to understand that the nature of the relationship with their partner is going to change dramatically after they have a baby. They need to understand that there are numerous kinds of changes that are taking place in all of the different roles that they are part of and new roles that sort of come down on them. They need to understand that the taking care of the baby 24-7 is exhausting. What can you do about that? They need to, there's so many different aspects about what happens after a baby is born that really isn't being talked about. So I feel like I'm filling the gap. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we're having a conversation now, which will be, I'm happy to, you know, mm -hmm. help be a, a megaphone for you with this too. Well, right now, I mean, it just, gee, you know, because I really do think there is a need yeah. for having really practical, grounded information about how to navigate those first three months after a baby is born, yeah. because it's stressful. It's exhilarating but it's exhausting you know it's it's exciting and and all of those things but yet it's intense and unless you're working together with your partner if you have a partner um as a team then in that stressful kind of environment you can start blaming each other for things yeah. and you don't want to go there because unfortunately 92 percent of couples experience increased conflict in the first year after baby's born so that's nearly everybody. Yeah. And um, what we need, to, what I'm invested in, is trying to keep the level of conflict down to a minimum. It's going to be there, right? But you can you can laugh about it rather yeah. than get, you know, attached to the fact that I didn't like what you did, and you you know you're responsible for that. And that's the don't go there. So um, so the book really provides in a number of different sections what you need to know. Like yeah. the whole first, the whole first chapter is about uh, it's called the fourth trimester, but it's all about the physical recovery, the kinds of things that are going on for the mother, for the for the partner, and for the baby. 
Um, then there's a whole chapter on uh, what I call the dynamics of, of hormones in the stress response, because if there are ways for dealing with a stress response, um, it's good to have that on board, you know, in yeah. your little toolkit. Um, there's a whole chapter on breastfeeding with the recognition that, you know, not everybody can breastfeed or wants to breastfeed, but for those who do, let's give you all this information about some of the cultural impediments to that, but also some of the practical realities of that. Um, there's a whole section on bonding and attachment. And then um, a really big section of the book is, is about how to nurture your partner relationship. And, um, and it, 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 the thing that pulls it all together is that it's the first book to introduce energy medicine to the postpartum period. So no one else is doing that, but I did, I started a training 10 years ago. I, I finished the first year of the training 10 years ago and I wasn't able to continue with it. I would have liked to, but I wasn't able to then. But last year, um, after the pandemic started to loosen up and, you know, gatherings became more possible, they, um, they started the second year, which is called the certification program. So I'm doing that. And next month, I'll finish the very last training, uh, and then I'll get certified. And then I'll have even more energy medicine to share with, with uh, new parents, pregnant people, all the rest of it. So I'm very, I'm very excited about that because yeah. it's, it's moving me in, an, in a different direction, but something that I really wanted to do for a long time. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm not going to get to do that, but I did. So, um, and that's right now, I'm in the process of creating a document um, with my designer that pulls all of the energy medicine chapters in the book into one document. And it's going to be it's going to be uh, provided as a digital download for people who want it. And what it what it does is it takes well. Let me say this. Another thing that happened last year was that I started to work on an online course based on the um, aspects of the book that I think are the, what I call the eight keys for thriving in the fourth trimester. That's the name of the course. Because the first module was how to baby-proof your relationship. So, you know. And it, right it, now, sorry, what is the word? It improves? How do you, how to baby-proof your proof. relationship. Oh, baby-proof your relationship. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that you continue to be, you know, a couple while you're dealing with all these parenting level things that weren't part of your reality, especially if it's a first baby. Yeah. Um, and then on the second one, is on energy medicine. So I, I'm the, this little bonus that will be part of the online course is synthesizing all, all of that information because at the end of it, well, in every section of the book, there are energy medicine techniques and protocols that people can use. So if you're low on energy, you can do the daily energy routine. If you're feeling stressed, you can do things that will reduce the level of stress. If you want to produce more breast milk, there are things you can do to increase your breast milk supply. If you want to be bonded to, you know, so, so all of these sections, and there's lots of stuff in the relationship uh, section uh, as far as energy medicine goes. So now I've got it all in one place that will be part of, of this particular module. Now, you know, the world of wellness, when I think about my work in the, in the book itself, I created something called the postpartum wellness plan, 
Wellness was an acronym. acronym. Um, and it stood for the first, the W was we, the E was energy medicine, the first L is loving kindness, the second L is less is more, the N is for new normal, the second E is for expectations and how to manage them, the first S is self-care, and the second S is support. So those A parts those of that wellness acronym are the modules for the uh, online course. And I think that if people, what's nice is they can dip into it when it's convenient. If you want to watch it while you're breastfeeding, you can do that. If you want to, you know, take part while you're still pregnant, that's even better. That's ideal. So you know what's coming and yeah. how to prepare for it. Um, and then the other thing that that's part of this little package for me is um, the app that I created. Now, the Digital Doula app was first released in 2013, and it was um, it was a it, it was it was not, I can only talk. My daughter <laughs> is the one that came up with the idea in terms of when I was writing the book. She said, "Let's create an app for that." Um, but at the time, I didn't really understand fully what what are the what are, what's the principles of, of creating an app? So it ended up being like the first draft of the book. And it was lots of information in there, but it was really like an ebook in app form. Um, and then as the book got edited and published, I decided that no, we need to upgrade that and change it. It's no longer that. But what it is is supplemental information to what's in the book. It takes the links that are in the book in just black ink and makes them a live link. It, it added in additional information that we couldn't put in the book for one reason or another. So I published, you might say, oh, well, that's a little too controversial. It went in the app. Right. You know, oh, we don't have enough room for that. It went in the app. Yeah. Um, and then a lot more. So uh, the, the expansion of the app and the upgrade of the app became Digital Doula 2.0. Cool. And so you have a book, an app, and pretty soon you'll have an online course. And that's really filling the gap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very thorough. So I have two questions kind of backing up a little bit here. My first question is, well, it's, it's, I'll, I'll go one at a time, but why is like the first three months after birth so important? Whoa. Because it's the, it's the period of the greatest change. Yeah. Other than the actual childbirth itself, yeah. X number of hours, you might be in labor. It's the fastest change that takes place. So you had nine months to get up to that moment when you went into labor. Yeah. And then you have like three months for the body to recover, for uh, everything to move back into its position, for you to be dealing with just your own circulation and not for two. Um, you're adjusting to a whole new range of roles that you didn't have before, the new role of parent. So when someone, you know, when a partner becomes a parent, that's a huge shift in consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't just sort of go off to the movies if you feel like it if there's a baby in the other room. I mean, you just, it, you learn how to accommodate another person. Yeah. Um, so the first three months is about making those kinds of adjustments. It's a major adjustment period. 
Um, and it's a learning curve that sort of goes like that. It's <laughs> that it's high, you know, it's not yeah. like that, like that. Um, and it's a profound new direction that you're going in in life. And I mean, like when I created the end for new normal, there I found over the years, over these 40 something years, is that women always want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal, but normal changed. Yeah. Normal isn't the same. Right. So why do you want to go backwards? Why don't we move forward? Right. And it encourages people and invites people to embrace that new normal. Um, and not, you know, not, I mean, there is a level of grief for what was before and what is now. You know, oh, I can't go out with my friends and I can't do these things. I've lost some freedom. And the trade-off is you've got this wonderful little package of of human deliciousness that you know it's you know that that's that's part of your new family and and what is the definition of family each person is going to have a different definition um and you and your partner might not have the same ideas about things you may not know that till later on down the road a ways but there's because there's so much learning and so much adjusting taking place if people can give themselves that three month period, provided they can have that period, if you know they have some at least some leave time, um, then then they can move out into the world in a more empowered way because they've made the most of that situation. They didn't get pulled under because of it. They didn't end up being depressed or anxious about it. They mastered those elements of that time frame. Um, and I think that it's a gift that people can give to themselves if they can, you know, take that time. Um, you know, I think it's interesting too. I don't, I mean, I actually don't, I think I have two friends with kids, but, um, it also makes me think that it's probably not talked about the change that the partner goes through and, you know, that I think we think that it has more of an effect on the person giving birth, mm-hmm. but I think it probably affects the partner just as much emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. But not quite. Yeah. So there's yeah. a psychological shift Yeah, um, for that partner as well. And it isn't focused. You know, we don't get a lot of focus. I mean, for years, when I first became a birth educator, we were fighting to get fathers in the delivery room. Yeah. And then we were fighting to let fathers stay if there was a cesarean section. You know, there was incremental, you know, progress. But still, there really isn't a lot of attention paid to the, what's happening to the father um, yeah. after it goes. So every section of my book has a chapter about partners and fathers and what their experience is like and how this affects them. Yeah. And um, so they understand so not only do they understand it, but their partner, the woman who had a baby, understands it more um, because there is this yeah. um, lack of information, generally speaking. But particularly, it's it's a very good point that you raised that we don't often um, recognize how both partners are going through some dramatic shifts. And the thing about that is that they may be doing it at different times. Yeah. So she may be feeling it first. What often happens is that the, the partner will feel it maybe six months down the road. And um, the incidence of, unfortunately, postpartum depression 
um, maybe 50% of partners will also end up being depressed during that time. And so um, we do need to, we do need to understand, I mean, in the UK, it probably has one of the best systems for managing perinatal mental illness. Um, just, there, there, there's somebody who has been, who experienced this himself uh, and then was uh, campaigning for years on end for fathers to be screened the way that mothers are screened for postpartum depression. Oh. And as a result, you know, they finally, it was finally uh, institutionalized, I guess, about two years ago. And, and it was a big deal. I don't think that's happening in the States yet. I think this postnatal screening, which is called the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, is now pretty routine in terms of, of um, screening mothers, but it's certainly not yet happening for fathers. So, um, and when I was doing some research on uh, on postnatal health, actually, and I interviewing um, mothers and fathers, uh, the first father I interviewed had been depressed, and that that opened my eyes. You yeah. know, it's, it's almost. It's almost it's almost 20 years ago now. <laughs> and it really opened my eyes that, oh, it's not just the mother that can get depressed. The partner can get depressed too. And so I, I really feel we need to understand more about it. And I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to be shouting about it because uh, I think that when we have enough information and we can, met, we can manage our expectations, then the incidence of perinatal mental illness would go down. And I certainly hope that because of course I come to it from a birth professional perspective, yeah. but also as a perinatal psychotherapist. Yeah. So um, I really would like to see fewer clients as, as a therapist in, and really provide the kind of um, knowledge that um, where they can feel like they're in charge because I think that's one of the things that happens when people get depressed. They don't feel like they have any control over the situation. So yeah, yeah I'm 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 with you on that. Um, it 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 just made me think of um, you, like just just maybe not so much with the the father, but it just made me think publishing my book I was depressed after like it, it but it's just that was that's the thought that came but but the the birth of like you're giving something it's like a, it's a change in consciousness and that can be very scary and different and challenging yeah yeah um anyway so so let's back up one more here and let's talk more about energy medicine and what yeah. what 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 is that so let's talk about that first okay. and then how it, it applies here because so energy medicine recognizes that we are we are energetic beings mm -hmm. and it it aligns with the idea that you know we all we are energy but we are um a very sort of concrete form of energy but despite the fact that our body might have certain kind of contours beyond that is an energetic field and it is electromagnetic. Um, and so we are keyed in, in many ways, to what is going on in our environment, which is also energy. Mm -hmm. And so um, the field of energy medicine covers many different kinds of, and this is, I'm actually researching this for the module that I'm writing now, so it's sort of fresh in my mind, 
But um, going back into, I think it was the mid eighties, um, someone named Richard Gerber wrote a book called Vibrational Medicine. And that was the first time that he synthesized all the different energy medicine systems that were in the world. So, I mean, homeopathy would be one example of energy medicine. You know, some tiny, tiny little pellets, you put them under your mouth and somehow you get better, yeah. you know? Um, acupuncture is probably the most well-known and mainstream form of energy medicine in that it now has been um, supported by different um, medical kinds of establishments as a, a useful therapy. Then there's um, chakra work and dealing with the seven main chakras and God knows hundreds more in the body. Um, so all of these are different modalities of energy medicine. Therapeutic touch, that's something that nurses learn. That was one of the first things that I learned some years ago doing a weekend workshop kind of thing and, and experiencing that. So if you are working as a therapeutic touch, you're dealing with, and although the, the aura really goes out to about two feet beyond us, um, if you work in this sort of area here, you can smooth that energetic field. So if there are pain or if there's a chronic condition, any number of things, it can be um, eased by using therapeutic touch. So nurses were trained, it was initially designed by a nurse for nurses to add into their toolkit for helping patients in hospitals and, and et cetera. So um, I've always had this kind of curiosity about these things and, and wondered about it myself and took different kinds of, of courses on complementary therapies. And, and um, when I learned about energy medicine, here's an interesting thing. So I'm doing the Eden energy medicine training. So Donna Eden is, is a pioneer in the field of energy medicine in the United States. Uh, and is she the one that wrote the subtle, the subtle body? No. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Now she wrote the book Energy Medicine oh, with okay. her, um, you know, with the help of her uh, husband David Feinstein. But then in 2008, she wrote uh, Energy Medicine for Women, and that's how I came into it because I had read something about this book and I thought, oh, I'm going to read this book. Ironically, in that book, she doesn't do more or less reproductive health, so there's no pregnancy, birth, and the time after the birth. And, and that's an irony. And so when I, met, when I met up with them 10 years ago, when I was finishing the first year of the training, um, I mentioned the fact that I'd like to start to um, include energy medicine in my book. They got really excited because they owned the fact that in energy medicine for women, they missed a big part of- Yeah, that's a huge part. In terms of, in terms of reproductive health. So um, they were really excited for me to do that. And then, um, so Aiden Energy Medicine works with nine systems. So one system will be the Meridian system and that's from chi traditional Chinese medicine going back thousands of years. Um, we also work with the chakras, which is another energy, is, is sort of an energy system of diagnosis and treatment that goes back, that's India, and it goes back to about uh, 1500 BC. Um, then she talks about the aura, which is the energetic field that surrounds the body. There's another system called the Celtic weave, 
which is uh, connected to the aura in that it's filled with figure eights. Everything is, our energy is figure eights. Everything that's around us is actually moving in those ways. Even our DNA, double helix, is a figure eight. So uh, let's see what else, if I can remember all nine of them. Ah, then there's something called triple warmer. Triple warmer is one of the meridians that's also something called the radiant circuit. So that's another system. And that there are four meridians that also work as radiant circuits. And that radiant circuits sort of work like hyperlinks. So wherever the body needs energy, that's where the radiant circuit will go. And it also has a sort of capacity to increase the level of joy. So if somebody is down or depressed, you know, doing working with radiant circuits is a way of sort of uplifting them. Um, and so triple warmer is, 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 is very special on its own because it has a way, uh, it's, it's the keeper of habits. And as the keeper of habits, it doesn't like change. So if you wanna do something that's gonna change it, it's gonna interfere. And so, um, yeah, you need to know how to work with um, triple warmer. Then there's something called the grid. Well, the grid is something that sort of an, an advanced energy medicine practitioner thing. We haven't learned that yet. We won't learn it until we go into the, uh, the final year. Yeah, it's two years past the certification. So yeah, yeah. Um, what else? There's, I don't know, I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> We, we work on yeah. all of these things. So in the first year, you know, you're introduced to these things. And in the second year, you're, you're sort of dealing with these at the advanced level and, and seeing how it works and seeing how it all ties in and how they all kind of influence each other. And being able to work with your own energy is something that I think is, well, I think that's where health is going anyway. And you're really moving away from more, you know, the sort of more medical model kind of health into um, lots more complementary therapies and, and using energy medicine kind of healing. So I'm, so I'm really excited about this. <laughs> no, it's okay. I get really excited about it too. I, I don't know as much about all of that as I want to. I, it'll happen <laughs> eventually, but you know, a lot, a lot of my thought process is whatever I'm feeling physically is a reflection of what is happening in my, either my energy field or my mental body, which they're all correlated. So I, I don't separate any of them. So if, you know, if my stomach hurts, I go like, what is, why does that actually, not every time, cause you could be, you know, a little bit hyper, like what psychologically is going on in here? What is the energetic cause of that? But I do, I tend to go there first when something uh -huh. is not. And I think you're right. I think that if our energies are flowing well, then the body is going to feel um, um, balanced. I mean, so what energy medicine do is it sort of, it takes, it takes a look at the flow of energy mm. where there might be blockages mm. um, and it wants to establish harmony and balance. I mean, that's really the main thing. And the, and the delightful thing about energy medicine is it has no side effects. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I would always sort of think, hmm. and sometimes if I'm feeling it on the, on the physical side, I might ask myself, hmm, what's my emotional thing? What's that? Where's the attachment there? Have I created this without realizing it? So 
mind, body, and spirit, which is what the holistic paradigm is, that you really can't separate them. And I think that when, and you know, another way of looking at it is a sort of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual as four different qualities. Whether you do it as a trinity or as a, as a quadruple, it doesn't really matter. It's understanding that we are all, well, from my perspective, we are all human beings that have dropped in, were spirits that dropped into a human body. Mm. And as such, we, it, we have to master the experience of being in a human body. Um, but we never lose sight of the fact that we are still spirits that are embodied. And so, you know, a lot of that, I introduce that in a way that I feel is very um, approachable. You know, yep. I'm not woo-woo. Some people will think it's woo-woo no matter what, but, you know, right. it's not. It's just, it's digestible. Um, and the woman who wrote the foreword to my book, Phyllis Klaus, has been around for so long. She's a wonderful mentor to me. Uh, and, you know, she said, well, I wish I would have had this book, you know, so many years ago, 50 years ago when I was having my babies. But this is this is a book that's long overdue. And um, it, it, and she said, you know, it, she I introduce more esoteric subjects in a way that's easily digestible. It makes a lot of sense. In, if I, th I think if something makes sense, it's approachable. Yeah. Well, and I think coming down to the and understanding the fact that our body is energy and everything that happens requires energy, you know, sound, me moving, or even just, you know, <laughs> like it's all, it's all energy and, and everything is chemicals right we can we can go down into we are made of hydrogen nitrogen all those different chemicals but the chemicals are held together by chemical bonds which are held together by chemical energy so we are energy <laughs> yeah this is true yeah this is true. um yeah. yeah i think that this is this is the field of quantum physics mm -hmm. you know that's where it's, it's you know where science and spirit are starting to coalesce um that i the sort of newtonian physics is now out of date you know the einsteinian kind of the en entry into the sort of energy equals mc squared like that's right. that was the beginning of looking at things from a more expanded kind of perspective in terms yeah. of what we are and who we are and 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 what we do and how we use energy and how we misuse energy. Um, so there's there's lots there to um, to understand. And I think, you know, most people don't, but people who tend to be, um, I guess the sort of my ideal client, so to speak, somebody who's explored things, maybe chooses more alternative kinds of therapies, yeah. Um, goes to yoga or you know read certain books and um you know that person's going to be open to these ideas yeah. as something to add to yeah. what they already believe so yeah. and when you have energy medicine protocols and techniques to use it's it's delightful i mean it's just really it's like wow i can just all i have to do is tuck this arm under that and hold this part and i can reduce my stress this is what's called the triple warmer spleen hug I can just do that, you know? 
Yeah. And um, and then you just reverse it. I mean, that's a simple thing. You yeah. can do it anyway. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. But you know, also because you're you're this this point here is on triple warmer, and this part is on spleen, and they're paired off in terms of the the wheel of meridians. Mm. Um, you are rebalancing things. So and and that's just a simple, you know, it's one example. Yeah. So I'm so really excited to spread the word. So can we just touch a little bit more on how then that energy medicine is integrated into the uh, life after birth? Well, um, and let me give you the full title. It's Life After Birth, A Parent Holistic Guide for Thriving in the Fourth Trimester. Um, so in the fourth, in the first well, the first chapter, which is about the physical recovery and, and all the changes that are taking place, I introduced something called the daily energy routine. Daily energy routine has a number of different sort of postures and movements that actually uh, awaken all of those nine systems that I was mentioning before. So one of the things that happens in the fourth trimester is energy levels are really low because baby care is 24 seven, there isn't really any kind of uh, uh, sleep at night because it's gonna be disturbed and disrupted. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're low in energy, you want something that's gonna increase your energy levels. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the daily energy routine does. And I do that every night. I don't go to sleep with it unless I've done it. I learned years ago when I first started doing it, if I just said, oh, I don't feel like doing it tonight, then I wouldn't sleep very well. Mm. Most people will do the daily energy routine at the beginning of the day. You know, to sort of start themselves off where their system's humming. But I need my system's humming to make fall asleep at night. So, you know, that's, you know, it's just my particular way of interpreting it. Yeah. Um, in, the, in, the, in, in the second section about stress and hormones, I introduced how to balance triple warmer and spleen. Um, doing something like this, just sort of smoothing the hair behind your ears is actually calming triple warmer down because the meridian, there you go, see, you copy me, yeah. starts <laughs> on the fourth finger and it travels up and it goes around the neck, around the ear and finishes here. So if you're doing this, you're actually taking some of that energy out of there. You're actually, it's, it's the beginning of what we would call um, going backwards. So you would flush a, a meridian by um, getting rid of some of that energy by taking it back. And so that's the very beginning of, of triple warmer, we call it this triple warmer smoothie. So there are different things that you can do to sort of bring that stress factor down. For breastfeeding, um, again, that's also function, really emphasizing spleen because spleen is considered the mother of all meridians. So. Um, and it's the sort of the mother inside ourselves. So um, that's one way of increasing um, breast milk. So there are a variety of different things. So because we're in figure eights, if I'm nursing a baby here and I'm doing figure eights between me and the baby, that's one thing. But we also have chakras in the breasts that connect with the chakra in the heart. So we can do figure eights between the heart chakra and the breast chakra. It's, you know, I'm going back and forth, but, you know, we can do figure eights everywhere we want to go yeah. because it can't hurt. Um, when it comes to uh, the bonding and attachment, that's the radiant circuits. So I talk about how um, radiant circuits are really, really a way of 
allowing ourselves to experience that joy that sometimes goes by the wayside. So we can trace some of the radiant circuits. One is called penetrating flow. We have um, a point that's directly behind the navel in the back called Mingmen that again goes back into the Chinese traditional traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and and I'm not remembering all of it off the top of my head, but that is another, you know, several different protocols will deal with how to access radiant circuits. Yeah. Then when it comes to the relationships, I break it down into two parts. So a lot of traditional Chinese medicine is built on what they call the five elements. Sometimes they call it the five rhythms. And each rhythm has a particular kind of character or quality to it. So in terms of um, the five elements, they're different from the sort of traditional four elements. So in Chinese elements, we start with water, we move to wood, we go to fire, we go to earth, and then we go to metal. So metal and wood are not necessarily part of the four, which is uh, air, earth, um, air, earth, fire, and water. These are five elements. And each one of them will have a characteristic way of dealing with things. So when you're stressed, you know, wood will get angry. When you're stressed, water will get fearful. When you're stressed, fire will get panicked. You know, so each one of them will have a particular stress response. So I introduced to how the different rhythms deal with stress. And if you're, you know, if I'm a wood and you're a fire, you're going to have a particular way of communicating. I'm going to have a particular way of communicating. And we have to learn how to work that out. Yeah. The other system is called the four sensory types. <clears throat> and in the four sensory types, you have what's called visual tonal, which is more auditory, kinesthetic, and visual tonal, kinesthetic, and digital. And each one of them has a corresponding way of managing stress. And so again, it's a matter of getting you and your partner to learn how not only to test to see what kind of sensory type you are, um, and but then also how to sort of negotiate based yeah. on our different types, you know? So <clears throat> I'm a tonal, but I think my partner is a digital. And so we communicate like we're in different planets sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you bridge that? And energy medicine really does have ways of connecting when yeah. you want to. So that's that's why I did that. Um, I think it's important too to connect rather than communicate also. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. But um okay. when you say connect and not communicate, what do you what what do you I mean? mean uh, like when you're with, like when you're talking to a partner, like we can communicate, but if we're not connecting, then that's a whole different ballgame. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. So, um, so there, I mean, you know, it is, I, I, I was very excited because I, I've learned energy medicine and I thought, oh, that's really useful. I could do that with that. And I could do that with that. And then when I was writing the book, I thought, Okay, let's really talk about how how these simple systems can be utilized by the average parent who just had a baby. And you don't have to be um, in, in any kind of esoteric mind frame for it. You can just utilize it. 
because they are they are simple things to do. And I think that if we get more people to understand it um, and be exposed to it, I think it could really make a difference. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so where can people find more about your book and your courses and your app? Well, for sure, they can get it in Amazon and just about any Amazon. Um, and it's Life After Birth, A Parent's Holistic Guide for Thriving in the Fourth Trimester. Um, and and the, the publisher is called Pray Claris Press. So if they wanted to go directly to the publisher, they could go there. So um, either way, it's, a, it's widely available around the world. And you have the um, copy right there? And I have a copy right here. In fact, you can see the little yellow stickers that I've got in there. I love and, it. The author's copy. On the online course. Um, and then uh, Digital Doula, you can find it 2.0. You can find Digital Doula in the App Store for iOS and for in the um, Google Play Store for Android versions. Um, the online course is going to be a teachable course. And um, what we're doing now is we're preparing to beta test it. So we're inviting people who might be interested in taking part uh, at an extremely reduced um, cost if they will um, come and, and play with us so that they can give us feedback and we can understand what works, what doesn't work, all those kinds of things. And that's called Eight Keys for Thriving in the Fourth Trimester. And I'm expecting that next month we'll be able to, to start uh, beta testing that. Awesome. Uh, what else? They can find me at dianespire.com. Let me spell it because people misspell my last name quite a lot. And it's D-I-A-N-E speier.com. Awesome. Uh, I'm, 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 you can find me on Facebook at Dr. Diane Espire. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Diane Spire and Twitter um, as Dr. Diane Spire. So I'm out there in the social media world. Awesome. So come find me. I will link everything in there for everybody too so they can easily find you. But Diane, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom on us and your time on the World of Wellness, well, World of Wellness podcast, Master Energy podcast. <laughs> well, well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank yeah. you for, for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you like this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and then check out those show notes to learn more about Diane and her book, Life After Birth.